Hey, what's going on? It's Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Here at Healthy Balance Chiropractic on a Sunday, March 28th, 2021. It's a rainy day on and off. Yesterday was a beautiful, brilliant Saturday, full sun. So I'm just trying to get some things uh, squared away, trying to play catch up a little bit. Read the plays to the degree that is possible regarding the the week ahead. It's going to be the week, uh, Easter week, right? So there's going to be a lot of people off and on and schedule changes and can you get me in and what's going on? I need to cancel. I need to reschedule. I need to add on. It's good. Listen, it's a good problem to have to be busy, to be trying to shuffle the cards in a way that allows me to serve the optimal number and, uh, of people and be able to provide the best product I possibly can. And so I'm excited about that. It's better than being slow, right? I prefer to be busy, but it's hectic. So I'm trying to read those plays regarding my schedule. Yesterday I carved a fox on that beautiful Saturday. I went out there, slept in a little bit. I carved, started carving out this fox. I call it roughing out. So that is where, as I've just explained before, perhaps, that's where you get the basic shape of whatever you're carving. So I carved a, uh, an order for, for my friend for a fox and a, an owl. So I want to get those out to her. And it's been months since she ordered them, so I'm trying to get them going. And I'm off on spring break this week for my prefor- professorial endeavors. So... Uh, I'll have some time, theoretically, to do that. On Tuesday, I'll have some time, especially. So hopefully the weather's good this week. So I roughed out this fox. Most people really, I I shared it, and sometimes I'm reluctant to share partially um, completed projects. I do, though, just to show like a a time lapse, provide people a sense of, uh, you know, start with a log, get a debark the log, carve in the basic shape, Add some details, and you start fine-tuning your, your carving. And uh, I got pretty far. I think I've spent about three hours on this carving. So now I'm heading out to Lowe's in a bit to get some spray paint so I can color it up, make it a nice red fox. But being that it's roughed out, it looks good. It looks a little bit... My, my one asshole marine friend who's a big-time hunter and fisherman, so he'd know, he said it looks like a... Looks like a bear with bunny ears. Back to the drawing board. I'm gonna fucking fine tune it, man. This sucker is gonna be awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it, give it all the attributes of a fox, and it's gonna be awesome. It's my first fox that I've ever carved, by the way. So um, I got to get all the, the colors. A big part of the fox. Nice red coat, orangey red coat, and then a fluffy white belly and and muzzle. Big eyes, big ears. And I gotta get the fur. The furring is gonna be a big part of it. So, anyway, I'm gonna friggin' make uh, make that guy proud. He's from Maine, and uh, Wally Air. If Wally Air is uh, listening, fuck you, Wally. This is gonna be a badass looking fox. So, the first uh, topic of conversation here on this podcast is um, the world according to me. 
Just want to briefly go through this, right? Spent some time with some friends yesterday for the first time in a long time. We had a little gathering around a special event. The first time we were like all unmasked, maybe a dozen people, mostly from the same family. We got together and we had some food and beverages and reminisced and talked about, um, talk shop basically, caught up a little bit. Kids played in the yard, jumping up on a, tr- a trampoline. <coughs> Excuse me. They're all getting so damn big. It was the first time my girl Lily has really been out and about without a mask, running around, interacting with people. Um, she's been pretty um, squeamish about this whole thing. And other than her, um, her cheer participation, she has not been out and about. And understandably so, we're all trying to be safe, all trying to do the right things, and it's been very stressful. I understand that for everyone. But uh, the world, according to me, is basically my interactions, describes my interactions with other people. It's so interesting. I was talking to my wife this morning about the you know this get-together and how different people have had different experiences. Maybe their job has been an essential job or they lost their job, or dramatic changes. I mean, we've all had to force, have been forced to respond and uh, to adapt with the, all these changes that have occurred, all these stresses. Wearing masks, got to stay away from each other, got to go to work under these circumstances, can't go to work, oh my God, this is happening. Now there's a, the numbers are up, the numbers are down, new strain, COVID vaccine, politics, right? The, the, uh, the election, all that shit. Glad I haven't been talking about that. It's, it's kind of somewhat um, throttled back a little bit. I try not to read the news or watch the news or anything. Although I am aware of the basic goings on. You know, just enough to be informed myself and not pull my hair out of my head what little I have left. So I was talking to my wife about the world according to me, and it's basically this. I think at anywhere, but especially in America, we are so free. We have all these freedoms, and our history is about us breaking free from our uh, monarchical society, our you know, uh, uh, royal society where we were, kings were in charge and laid out the rules of the road and yeah, this is the way things were, and so things are getting crowded, yada, yada, yada. Now, hey, we're going to get the fuck out of here. I hear that there's land over here. So we're going to head off to the new world and a new future. Let's get on this ship and head on to the new world. I hear you can, everybody's got to get a piece of land, and everybody can, you know, can. there's plenty of riches and resources there, and, and you can... Family can start from nothing, and there's gold in them, our hills, all this stuff, the history of America. And the human tendency to always try to to seek adventure and to seek new frontiers. We're still doing that with Mars and talking about we got to find a new place to live because we're basically because we're shitting on Mother Nature. And she's about ready to regurgitate us up and off the earth forever if we're not careful. But um, because we're so free in America, 
and we're so proud. It's really that simple. It's like, you know, this is my, this has been my experience and this is my politics. Um, and this is what I believe and I'm free to believe all that. And, you know, and I think, think that that's wonderful. And that is a, a beautiful thing that we can uh, be so free to make our own decisions and to the American dream, so to speak. But when the time comes where there is a problem big enough that it affects everyone, I think that we, we really need to, at, that, at those moments where we, we should realize we need to come together and make a collective decision that affects everyone. You know, what is in the best interest of everyone? And hopefully we can look to things like science and math and disciplines that are as concrete as, as we have available in order to make the, to base our decisions upon. Um, I was talking with friends last night and somebody mentioned masks and how masks are bullshit and they don't protect you and they, they shouldn't, um, you know, people shouldn't have to wear masks if you're at risk and you should, you shouldn't have to wear a mask. If you're at risk and you should wear a mask and everybody else shouldn't have to suffer. And I don't think anybody should have to wear masks and the pandemic was bullshit. And of course they start talking about Trump and they believe the election's stolen. And also, you know, of the people who died from COVID, only 6% died of COVID alone. That's the dumbest fucking argument. Um, against the pandemic being um, like that flies in the face of the pandemic. Oh, this didn't, it wasn't that bad. It was just the flu. Okay, well, what if we didn't shut down? And what if we didn't make restrictions? What if we didn't wear masks? Um, we'll only know years later, you know, months later, when we com can compile all the data and f determine, okay, this is the science of it. You know, I'm re I read a few articles today they were talking about how um, Deborah Burks, who's the infectious disease expert working with Fauci there, she said that if uh, we, that beyond 100,000 deaths, we shouldn't, we, we needn't had lost all those people that, that um, if had we been, had we responded more aggressively, I don't know what that means, more um had we been better prepared for this, had we responded more aggressively with, with shutdowns and done it in time and, and more, been more um, willing to make the sacrifices for the benefit of all, then we might not have lost all these people. I think that um, that's probably true. You know, we were slow to act and some people are still slow to react. And now they're just saying, you know, this is all bullshit. We didn't need to do any of this stuff. And they're questioning everything from the election results to, uh, I had somebody yesterday to say that the reason why, um, they think that the pandemic is getting better now, all of a sudden, since Trump's out of office, is it was all a ploy to get Trump out of office. Yeah. It's terrible. Man. It's fucking terrible. Conspiracy theory, bullshit. And so I guess that's what I'm saying. The world, according to me, is that as human beings, particularly in America, we have the prerogative to believe what we want to believe and to, these days, sort out our facts, decide what is fact and fiction based upon 
you know, our worldview. And our experience color our worldview. I had somebody tell me yesterday, well, I said, well, looking back, we'll see what happened. No, it's nothing good. I don't want to look back. I don't want to remember this time. I don't want to, da 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 you know, like, almost as if, like, you're, nah, 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 I'm club plugging my ears. I don't have to listen to you. The This time never happened. What a waste of a year. I mean, and this is coming from someone who, whose job was greatly impacted, whose life was greatly impacted, who used to go into work and now has to sit home and, and not, um, you know, things change dramatically. And it, it fucked with, with this individual and it fucked with, with all of us. You know, this is, we've all been tweaked, had a little earwig, little earworm, courtesy the pandemic. It's been a tough time. And I, I, I would be reluctant to judge anybody on their feelings about this time. Um, somebody wants to feel a certain way. They don't want to wear masks. Well, I don't want to wear masks either. Somebody, you know, doesn't want to get uh, the COVID vaccine because they are unsure of the safety of it. Well, that's your prerogative. That's fine. You know, I don't think that's sensible, but I, I, I'm just tired of judging people. I'm tired of the emotions. I don't judge people a lot, but I mean, we're all judged. You know what I mean? Based upon our worldview, based upon the decisions we make, that the notion that somebody would make an, uh, a decision that was altogether different, you know, it's, it's mind-boggling for some people. It's mind-blowing. I can't believe some people are Democrats or others are Republicans or some like, you know, seem to have no problem with just doing what they're told and wearing masks and staying inside and not doing anything. And many people are just fucking COVID fatigue. They're tired of this shit and they want to go back to normal. And it's to me, it's all about the experiences we've had. They produce our worldview and then we stick by it. You know, I read a quote by Carl Sagan this morning that, uh, you know, it, it makes a lot of freaking sense. Let me see if I can dig it up here. Here it is. One of the saddest lessons of history is this. If we've been bamboozled long enough, we tend to reject any evidence of the bamboozle. We're no longer interested in finding out the truth. The bamboozle has captured us. It's simply too painful to acknowledge even to ourselves, that we've been taken. Once you give a charlatan power over you, you almost never get it back. So, I guess, when you read that, when you think about that, being bamboozled, like being wrong about something, or somebody telling you that this is the way things were, but uh, and you believe that wholeheartedly, um, but it was not fact. Americans are having a real problem with that right now. You know, facts are elusive. Another conversation came up, said, well, you know, I don't know what to believe. I, I go on all the time. and I, I, Yeah, we are, man. This is why I was so hot to trot about that War on Sense-Making um, podcast series on Rebel Wisdom. Because it points that out, that we really have lost our connection to critical thinking and really appraising the evidence. You know, and, and extracting the realities from it. You know, what are the, what are the realities based upon? And I, I, I argued that, hey, well, you know, if I was going to ask somebody 
uh, if I if I had a cooking question, I would ask an authority on cooking. You know, somebody said, "Well, hey, how do you get the I I that salad at Olive Garden is so good, it's so crunchy. I can never make one good like that." And then uh, somebody who knew about cooking said, "Oh no, you got to shock it. You put it in ice cold water, and it makes it pop. It gives it that crunch." <laughs> you know, that's you, you'd ask somebody who's a, a chef. How to cook things. You have somebody who's a chiropractor, how to fix your back. You ask somebody who's a financial planner, um, how to start investing. If you ask somebody who knows about infectious disease, how to respond to an unknown pathogen, you need to take their word for it. They know far more than we do. And so I feel like any of the, any of the anger at politicians, like, for instance, Folks been pissed at our Governor Wolf because he he closed down restaurants and closed down businesses and he did a lockdown, did a lighting system, red, yellow, green, da 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 da. And you think that he wanted to do this shit? You think that it, it, it filled him with glee to shut down society, shut down economies, and and uh, it's probably a very difficult job. And nothing that he wanted to do because for shits and giggles. This is something that the public health sector, public health apparatus said, hey, you should do this or else this could happen. But the layperson, we don't think about that. That's above our pay grade. We just think about our reality and our family and our workplace and our jobs and our money and our vacations and our lifestyle. And we don't want that to anything to take a shit on that. I feel the same way, man. It's just that there's always the, uh, to balance that out. I, I think, okay, well, you know, there's somebody who, is trying to make, you know, people who are a lot more well-informed than myself who, who know things better, like the election. Listen, I didn't vote for Trump, but in terms of the election outcome, you know that he had a, his cybersecurity expert that was, among other things, tasked with ensuring that the, there was no election tampering and that everything was, it was a free and fair election. His own cybersecurity expert said, there was no, this is the cleanest and fairest election that, that we've seen. And that you know, basically defending his job that he was doing and validating that, yes, there, there was no interference. This is, these numbers are the numbers. That's, that's it. You can believe this, that Joe Biden won the election. Okay, well, I voted for Biden. So obviously this would be naturally be my take. I wanted Trump out of, out of office, but... You know, the guy's own fucking cybersecurity head said it was good. The guy's own vice president accepted the numbers. You know, are all these people that were formerly employed by him and were at his side, Trump, are they all full of shit? Or is Trump just not wanting to accept reality? He's trying to spin his own reality. So that's the world, uh, the world according to Trump. Or the world, not the world according to Aaron, you know. We have to try to read through the bullshit. We have to really critically appraise, you know, turn off our choice of news source and really say, wait a second. 
what really happened here? How will we ever know? You know, we have to make decisions. It's tough. It's a tough time right now because we all have to make decisions based upon the most available information. And uh, just having, you know, circling back, getting together with some friends who you haven't seen in a while, you realize that other people have different realities. And I try not to, I don't understand when they, um, when they're up in arms about something or don't feel it the way I do, even though they're otherwise very reasonable people, it seems like they, you, I mean, you can tell everyone has their own experiences during this time, even though there are some shared experiences, depending upon the news sources that that person is relying on or what their reality had been, uh, to what degree they were affected is going to dictate you know, how they feel and how they, how they live. And, but it's, it's, it's confusing. It's, it's unfortunate. I don't like that. We all can't see things like it's a sad, it's been a sad year. I think one of the most, the, the saddest aspects of it to me is that the American public has lost its capacity to critically think. And we've been led by individuals and groups that are involved in political parties and our choice of news source, Fox versus CNN, celebrities, whoever. People that say things and that you, you need to, we've lost our ability, some of us have lost our ability to see through the bullshit and really see the world as it is. Um, people are angry, pe angry, people are confused. And so that was interesting, but I hope that, look, I hope that we have the luxury to sit back at garden parties and kibitz about, you know, the way it was and all the sacrifices we had to make during this past year, because I hope the numbers remained low and that vaccine, the vaccination campaign helped solve this problem, you know hear about different strains and all this stuff. And I just know that we've already been fucked up enough. I, don't, I, don't, I think that a lot of people, if we had to experience all this stuff again, it's just not going to go over well. People are ready, are foaming at the mouth, or frothing over like a friggin' carbonated beverage poured quickly into a cold, frosty mug. All right, shifting gears from that. I wrote down some... Um, Hey, but can I, can I leave you with something regarding that? It is that um, you should get better at critical thinking. You should strive. Like if you saying, I, I talked to a guy who said, hey, well, you know, every night I watch it uh, in the morning and at night, five o'clock at night and, you know, six o'clock in the morning, I watch the news and I, so I can be up to date. So I know I watch Tucker Carlson and da, 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 fucking Tucker Carlson. So I can know what's going on and I can be prepared if somebody challenges me on something. It's like this, it's the dynamic, um, uh, not dynamic, it's the uh, rivalrous dynamic, yes, the back and forth, like I'm on this side and I need to be able to defend my points because this is the side that I'm going to die on. That's ridiculous. So try to be limber physically and mentally, um, strive to um, maintain an open mind and understand people, meet them where they're at, but also really look to science. It's really, it's the best thing we have at this point in time to help us sort out, um, 
our issues. All right, I'm shifting gears now. Shark Tank, the American dream and gun ownership. Okay, uh, I'm going to call these American ironies. So um, we champion the American dream, but most Americans can't balance a checkbook, let alone become an entrepreneur. We champion the Second Amendment, but most Americans who own firearms are doing so, or many Americans out of far, they aren't sufficiently trained. They're armed, yet they're unsafe. Like we have all these shootings and threats of shootings and so on and so forth. And so I was thinking about this watching Shark Tank the other day. You know, how is it that we are such an entrepreneurial nation? It would be cool if, uh, but, I mean, so we're so entrepreneurial, we're so business-minded, small business, American small business that runs everything, it drives the economy, we've got a powerful small business, da da da, da. Well, we do, and I'm proud to be a part of that. Um, but with all the inventions and all the um, innovations that have come from America and Americans and the people that, uh, they come to America. I'm going to build a new life. I'm going to start up my own farm and raise crops and, or I'm going to dig for gold or I'm going to do whatever. This is how I'm going to survive in the new world. Such an adventure, new horizon for me and mine. And we're going to create our life in the new world. A lot of people I said about the checkbook thing, balancing a checkbook thing. I think that there are, the American public are not really up to speed as we need to be on things like finance, being savvy financially or um, preparing for retirement. I mean, I read something a while back. I can't speak to the numbers on it, but um said something like most Americans don't have enough liquid capital, available cash to um, to go without working for six months or something like that, like or even more than that. If they if they lost their job, they they um, they would be bankrupt within a few months or something like that. That people cut it close, that close. We just spend, 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 and we don't save. And we're not savvy. We're not financially savvy. We want the American dream. We want to own that business or make that that million, first million dollars. We want to be millionaires and billionaires, but we don't really have. We it don't seems like it doesn't seem like we cultivate that skill set within our population. Furthermore, you know, also you think about um, gun ownership. Well, it's a big thing right now, and I'm a gun owner, and I love firearms and responsible use and marksmanship and I was a former marine I am a former marine and all that shit survival I love all that stuff I used to have a a uh, poster of Josie outlaw Josie Wales with his two navy uh Colt revolvers I mean I loved westerns I love shoot 'em up movies I love the military I I'm a proud patriot I <sighs> But motherfuckers out there just buy guns and they buy guns and ammo, I think, especially these days, because they're frightened and because the world's uncertain and they think that they, in the post-apocalyptic world, they would need to, they would need these firearms. And maybe they're right. I mean, I think about that sometimes when things get crazy enough. But I feel like for all the guns out there, 
there should be more people that know how to use them responsibly and safely. And there should be people who recognize that they're, you know, if you're going to own a firearm, well, you need to be, um, I mean, all these motherfuckers should be at ranges practicing, working on site alignment, site picture, and they should also be taking martial arts classes so that they can actually defend themselves without reaching for their peace. And they should also be in decent shape because if you're a fat motherfucker, you're not going to be able to, you know, you're going to also going to be scared and you're going to have low confidence and you're not going to be able to defend yourself in a physical way, uh, like by running or by fight or flight. So maybe you grab your piece, shoot somebody up. It's tough, you know, but so a lot of guns, not a lot of people know how to use them. A lot of money, not a lot of people that know how to use them, use it, put it to use, spend it, save it, use it in a responsible way. That's weird. These are some weird dichotomies that uh, I think about there. So you got a movie like you got a, a series like Shark Tank that we've started to watch more and more, and it's it's really got me interested and, and got me looking around my environment to see, wow, is there something that I could invent or a concept or an idea? I'm a creative guy, something that that I could make and sell, or how can I be a better business person? If I stood in front of these sharks, is there something that I could? A product that I could formulate that they would say, wow, that's a great investment. You know, you could really help a lot of people and make a lot of money on this, with this. So, I watch that show and I think about these things. I, it, it dawns on me how clueless the majority of people are about, okay, what does it take to bring a product to market? What does it take to... Um, get a patent on an invention. I mean, I've thought about that many occasions. It takes money. It takes paperwork. It takes somebody knowing how to do it. it takes somebody conducting a search in order to figure out um, if anybody else has come up with this idea, if it's patented already. Um, then capital. You know, I stand in front of people and say, I have to have a track record of selling something before these jokers are willing to take a, uh, these billionaires are willing to take a, a, bar, uh, a chance on it. To bring it to market in a bigger way. Anyway, it just it just these two areas just struck me as parallel. There's a lot of American dichotomies like this. It's a lot of the ironies I call them. A lot of money available. A lot of money to be made. Nobody really knows how to fucking do it. A very small number of people know how to do it effectively. A lot of guns available. Very small number of people really know how to employ them effectively, how and when to employ them. So that's a thought. I was listening to a, um, a podcast last night, Tom Bill Yu with uh, Martin Lindstrom. He was saying that there's uh, Martin Lindstrom, pretty interesting guy, wrote a few books, a German dude. He says there's been demonstrated to be a 50% decline in empathy. That is being able to imagine yourself in someone else's shoes. He said literally, he did these experiments where he literally put himself in the shoes of others. 
lived for even a short time as a blind person. He put a blindfold on and, and tried to navigate the world, try to live as normal for like a week. Uh, or like a woman. Imagine dressing like a, the other gender, being able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes or somebody who's got more or less uh, material goods or live in poverty for a short period of time or live as a rich person for a short period of time and understand where other people are coming from. I mean, this is ultimately what I'm talking about with this, this get-together and this exchange we had yesterday that... You wonder, like, if you, we should be honest. Like, if I, if I watch my news, my choice of news, and I see one thing it says about the election, I should be willing to go and look at the other side's news. How does a Republican view this? How does a Democrat view this? How does a um, champion of the Second Amendment view this? And how does somebody who's... Um, anti-gun or you know whatever whatever the issue are you willing to look at both sides of the issue you know, can you imagine yourself on either side of the equation i think that most people are unwilling to and going back to the sagan quote this is what we're talking about um is what he's talking about that uh we're bamboozled we don't it, it is painful to imagine any other um, version than the one that we adopt and we say, okay, that's the way it is. We don't want to look at the other side. We want just to be life to be simple. You take it at face value. And I think that that's a, a mistake and a shame. Uh, Martin Lindstrom goes on to further say, uh, it says, how to empathize regarding political differences uh, covered that uh, water moment. He uh, talks about creativity. He said that there are different times of the day when people are create more or less creative. You ever have that where you find like your your time where you like to read or you or you come up with your best ideas? People will sometimes say in the shower or when they're exercising. Me when I'm walking, I think that I I, I can sort my problems out when I'm walking. It's almost like when I'm in motion, my my neurons are something's happening with physical, my physical um, efforts that maybe help regulate and facilitate thought as well. Not just um, physical movements, but mental acuity as well. I feel is better. But he said he called his water moment because he had, experiences creativity at specific at that time of the day when he's swimming. So he'd write things down, stop while he was swimming and, and write things down or after he commit them to memory and he would. So that's interesting that, and it's, I think most people would agree with that, that there are times throughout the day where, um, they get do their best work. And he further goes on to say that boredom is a precursor to creativity. So it's as simple as noticing a problem, having the time on hand to notice a problem and then you start to fix it. So you almost have to suffer a little bit and become bored out of your gourd before you start to say, all right, I'm going to solve this problem in this way because I've taken, I've had enough time to be irritated by it. Now I'm going to find a different way.
that's what I got for today. So as I sit here at our front desk, as the rain comes down, I'm thinking about all these things. And I'm ready to begin or carry on with the rest of my day. I'll talk to you motivators tomorrow. No doubt I'm going to have some interesting experiences this week. Listen, all the things that I discussed today, I know it was jumping around a lot from carving to politics to worldviews to American ironies. Love and, I love and respect everyone. Uh, I appreciate where folks are coming from. Disparate places are coming from, and I'm amused by it. I'm, I'm very interested in, I mean, I don't think you have to dress up like a woman or blindfold yourself to imagine, I mean, to maybe to most effectively put yourself in someone else's shoes, empathizing. But um, I think that you can just interact with people and hear their point of view and not become emotional about it. Avoid emotion. Try to understand, allow, give them an opportunity to, to lay out how they feel and engage in some light conversation about things just to see where they're at. But it is interesting, the various points of view that people have in this world, I think that's the best way to, to go about it is not to be put off by it or be, you know, oh, I'm never going to talk to that person again. Screw that. I hate, I hate them. I don't like the way they think. I don't, you know, I, uh, I'm tired of that. If there's anything that I'm fatigued about throughout this time period is that, um, I'm ang- I'm tired of people being angry at each other or being, um, at odds with one another. Times have been trying enough that we need to find ways to, to love one another, I think, and to understand and help work through these problems. I'll leave on, I'll end on this note. There's a, right now there's the Ever Given. It's a giant container ship with 20,000 potentially um, storage containers on it that contain various products. Can you imagine the various products that are on there from toilet paper to toys and electronics and you name it. If you order it through Amazon, it's probably on that ship or in the ships that are also trying to navigate the Suez Canal, which is about 120 miles in length, goes through Egypt. Now think about, you know, that, that, so what happened is this Ever Given, um, it's a Japanese ship, all Indian crew, something happened, they went through, and they wound up on a, um, the wind, basically. Imagine the dimensions of this fucking gigantic ship. I don't think you can. It's almost a quarter of a mile long, and it's got all these storage containers on, so it's a gigantic boat with um, that just carries cargo, strapped down with as much cargo as it can possibly have. Um, it got stuck. It's askew, right, diagonally lodged in the Suez Canal. Its bow has run aground. Its stern has run aground. Now the tugboats just dislodged that. They were able to move it 30 degrees, and they're waiting for a high tide. Anyway, the whole point about most of you guys are familiar with this, but think about this logistical problem. Think about the flow of things, flow of ideas, the flow of water, the flow of, of um, 
goods and services in our world and how this this canal transmits at a, it makes it so that you can almost have two weeks less travel time different parts ports of call in the world so a lot of ships go through this Suez Canal it's it's an example of of something like if you look at this there's been memes circulating about how oh let's just take a Q-tip and push it out you know or let's uh you know put it, select it like it's a word doc you can spin it around or let's you know um, dig the canal in this diagonal way in the way that it's stuck so that we can just reroute it or whatever they do you know i don't think that people can realize can conceptualize a lot like big problems like that that they see as like maybe simple i think the pandemic is like that it boggles the mind to think that you know well, wait a second there's a a novel coronavirus it's a new pathogen that it could it could hurt us, man. It could really kill a lot of people. And these are the people in this population range that, that are, uh, that it could particularly affect. And we need to do, take all these actions. People don't understand why we needed to do that. They didn't understand. They didn't, they wanted to, you know, say it was nothing. It's just a flu. It's no big deal. And we'll see what it turned, if it turns out to have been that. But I'll tell you what, you can't dislodge this gigantic fucking, um, 220,000 ton, no, 220,000 um, metric ton ship. You can't dislodge it with a Q-tip. You can't, you know, pull a boat this way and that way or dig a little bit of, you know, take a shovel and, and dig it out and pull this, this boat back into the main current of the canal. It's a fucking gigantic boat. 220,000 metric tons. That's crazy, crazy size, weight, girth. This ship, if stood on end, is the same height as the, is the same dimensions of the Empire State Building. It's fucking gigantic. And so you can't just pull here and there with a couple ropes and dislodge this thing. We're not used to engineering feats of this magnitude. And yet, this boat, this this uh, Suez Canal transmits Egypt, a place where they got these pyramids that are gigantic. And we, we there's archaeological evidence of how we had cut these big stone items and carried them however far away. And position them in a pyramid and align them with this constellation and all that freaking Egyptology shit. How crazy is that? We just can't conceptualize that. We can't understand how this ship is so impossible to move right now. How it takes such ingenuity and such figuring and, and, and the daunting task that it is. And we can't understand, you know, far wider things, far uh, things that are abstract, the logistics of managing a, a pandemic or the um, the machinery and the um, the grand um, event of of running an election or a bill coming into law or 
I said, talking to somebody yesterday, you know, like, I think that the American public, they just don't possess, your average person, myself included, does not possess the intellect to look at a scientific study and say, hey, this is what, okay, this is good. Masks work or they don't work, or the coronavirus is a terrible threat or it's no threat. I think that um, we're way too binary, your average American, your average human being. We're way too binary to consider, you know, the freaking finer nuances of a scientific paper. It's hard. It's not easy reading. And they're not always conclusive like that. You have to look at a bunch of papers over a, a period of time to understand Maybe conduct a meta-analysis to really look at what all the data suggests on an issue. Kind of similar to me looking at a picture of a uh, shipping vessel from a bird's-eye view and say, okay, we need to do this, this, and this, and pull it out. Get it back going. Come on, we got ships that have come through here. Come on. We all assume that, that human beings have, oh, it's a fucking easy fix. Stick a Q-tip in there. Pull it here, pull it there, push it around. It's not so easy. So things are a lot more complex than than we like them to be. And so some people like to just make the world according to Aaron and just think that this is this is the way things are and that's it and that's what I'm believing and what you say is not going to fucking sway me whatsoever. You know what I mean? Because we're binary. We're either black or white, yes or no, good or bad. The betweens we are kind of, we struggle with. All right. Long podcast. Everybody have a great day.